This sermon was recorded at Highway San Jose in San Jose, California. If you'd like to find out more about Highway Community, you can head to www.highway.org. Well, welcome to Highway San Jose tonight. It's been a tough week, and it's really a tough season for our country and for our world at large, actually. And, and I know many of us are deeply affected and deeply troubled by what's happening and feel uh, a bit hopeless. Um, the section that we're looking at tonight in Galatians uh, has wisdom for us. And I think it's unique in that it, it speaks pretty directly to what's happening among us, and it also speaks to us as a tiny church here in San Jose. And so, in times of trouble, as Colin mentioned, we look, we look to Christ. And one of the things he said from the book of John, he said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And uh, as we meditated on uh, the cross is the great equalizer, right? And, and Paul makes that very plain here in Galatians. And, and we've seen that all the way through the book. And in that way, just as we're all equal at the foot of the cross, um, the problems we're facing belong to all of us. The problems of our country belong to all of us. And as Christ followers, we have, we have a responsibility to, to demonstrate love and to demonstrate healing. So Paul will demonstrate that in this section, kind of how we might come alongside each other and live out that practice as Christ followers. So I think we can take solace in scripture tonight and remind ourselves that Christ has overcome the world. And if that sounds like burying our heads in the sand, you know, it's not. There's actually some very challenging teaching here and some difficult teaching that I think you'll find are very relevant tonight to what's going on. So. We're gonna dig into this tonight, and as we do, uh, let me pray for us. God, we're lucky to be here tonight and to be in your house and uh, together. And God, we know the brokenness of the world looms large uh, outside, and we feel it in here as well. But we pray that, um, as Colin mentioned, we could run to your arms tonight, feel your presence, feel that you're in control, and would you restore us and teach us how to respond and teach us how to be people of love tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we approach the end of the book of Galatians tonight. And as, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, the book can kind of be divided into two parts. And the first part being Paul describing or really trying to answer the question of who are the true people of God. And here toward the end of the book, asking, well, how do the people of God act? How do they govern themselves? And what are the identifying markers of the Christ follower? So the answer to the first question, who are the true people of God, is, is everyone. Everyone who has faith in Christ. Paul was writing to a church divided, a community divided. And they were divided by those who thought that following Christ meant Jewishness, following Old Testament law, following Mosaic law, uh, being circumcised and things of that nature. Paul refutes that and says repeatedly that Christ is for all, for all cultures, all races, all ethnicities, all genders, and every socioeconomic group. And we can all say amen to that this week, right? The only ticket that need be punched for admission to Christ is faith. So if that's the thrust in the first half of the book, 
The last two weeks have been about answering the question of how the people of God act. How do we behave? How do we conduct ourselves? And we saw last week that a person of faith yields fruit, now known famously as the fruit of the Spirit. Things like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Things in short supply these days, right? Beyond that, Paul challenges, challenges us not only to serve one another, but to become slaves of one another, to have this radical humility with one another. And that theme continues here tonight in this section, describing how we ought to regard and govern each other and also regard and govern ourselves. So let's look at the text here. It begins in the end of chapter 5, verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. So, John and I have been listening to some lectures by a scholar named John Barclay. And, and Professor Barclay is a, uh, a scholar. And he teaches at a small school in England, and uh, he's sort of a Pauline expert. And he does some descripting of the, of the world that Paul was writing to, and I think it's kind of helpful as we, as we engage with this section to take a look at that. And what he says is kind of that in Paul's day, the Greco-Roman society, they lacked certain objective identifiers for how people sat in culture and in society. And by that I mean, for us, we have certain things, and they're not always good things, but they're things that we use as a society to sort of place ourselves and identify ourselves. Things like, I grew up in this area, I went to this high school, um, I moved to this city, I went to this college, I have this degree, I've worked in this job for this many years, before that I worked at this job. We have sort of a way that we can set ourselves in the society. This is my family, this is the city that I live in. And these are sort of objective markers of things that we've done to sort of establish ourselves. Well, in the Greco-Roman world, the way you established yourself in society was to position yourself relative to other people. So there was a lot, there was an obsession with honor and with achievement, and, and the way you achieved and the way you established honor was by dishonoring somebody else. So there were constant displays of wealth and of status and outward displays and sort of these picturesque moments in society where people would try to establish themselves and demonstrate that they were above somebody else and, and that's how your place in society was determined. Well, if we think of that as sort of this barbaric, difficult society, well, the, the not so shocking thing is we still sort of live like that in a way, right? If we're honest, you know. But Paul is writing to that society and telling people to share one another's loads. A very radical teaching again. And he does this throughout Galatians. It's radical for us. It was probably even more radical for them because of trying to break people out of this idea of positioning themselves above other people. 
He says in 6.3, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. So we still live in this age of competition. But Paul is saying, as Christ followers, we don't live like that. We're a collective. Okay? We don't dishonor each other. And we don't take the mode of society and place that on the church. And that's how we do business. No, we share one another's loads. And once again, as we've seen throughout Galatians, it's the spirit that does the, convic- that does the convicting and does the identifying of who we are. You know, it's not so much other people, it's God and the spirit working through us and that's how we identify ourselves. Back in verse one, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. That's the place of real change, the spirit working in us. That's where it starts. And that's how we even identify ourselves and that's how we identify people within our community that need help. We let the spirit guide us. So there's an interesting kind of dichotomy in this, in this section, and maybe you caught this, but uh, in verse 2, we see that we're to carry each other's burdens, and then right after that, a few verses later, we see that we're to carry our own loads. Okay, So, so which is it, right? Well, I think there's kind of a, a symbiosis that Paul suggests here that's, that's kind of cool. So if, if Christian community is functioning, then these two images can coexist, right? In other words, it's not about the burdened and the burdened carriers, and we sort of stay in those roles. It's, it's that we all find ourselves in both positions at any given moment. And we're working together at all times to shoulder this load. So then in one moment, you may be the burdened person, and then the next moment, you may be the burden carrier, the, the assister, if you will. And as I said, it was likely the case in Galatia that these new communities of faith were taking this sort of Roman Empire model of society and of honor and of dishonoring each other and applying it to the church. You know, they're using this kind of grid of competition, you know. And it, and it sounds like they were doing it even when they were helping each other and teaching each other. You know, it's like, I'm going to help you, but now that I've helped you or prayed for you or whatever, like, I'm above you, you know. And Paul says, no, that's ridiculous, you know. And the image he provides, the wayward are restored gently. And, uh, you know, the word for restoration there is like, it's a medical term for like setting a broken bone. So gently doesn't mean like, you know, without pain and without process and without, you know, some working through things. But it does mean gently and it doesn't mean positioning ourselves above one another. So person to person, we're gentle with one another. We restore people back into community, not just with their burden lightened, but with this expectation that they will lighten the burden of everyone else. It's this totally shared experience where the whole community is lifted. So we're to carry one another's burdens and become this kind of reciprocal community, this symbiotic community. Um, this week I happened to see a commercial for Nature Valley Granola Bars, and maybe you saw this commercial. Um, I found it interesting because I immediately thought of Galatians, which um, I know you all do that when you see a granola bar. But there, were, there weren't actually any granola bars in this 
commercial. It was all people. And the way the commercial works is it's all people kind of giving messages of encouragement to one another. And I thought, this is actually a really great picture of what Paul is sort of painting of what the community of Christ ought to be. So it's a short commercial. I figured we'd take a look at it. Here is the commercial for Nature Valley Granola Bars. Are you ready? Hey, you're graduating today. Good luck. Good luck, Daddy. This is your moment. This is your time. Trust in yourself. Have confidence. Good luck, Jenny. You're, You're awesome. Hey, Michael. Good luck with your interview today. Kill it. You're doing you, man. I'm proud of you. You're doing great. You're going to make a beautiful family, and I'm really excited to be there to support you. Believe in yourself. It's awesome. You can do it, buddy. Si se puede. Go. Go, Marley. Go, Marley. You got this. Ah! You are amazing. Congratulations, bro. What a job well done. What you want? Never underestimate the power of letting people know you're with them. It can change everything. I love you so much. So cute, right? Okay, first of all, I have to admit, I have no idea what this lovely little video has to do with granola bars. Okay. <laughs> so on the one hand, it's sort of this kitschy, kind of clever marketing scheme, right? But the sentiment of this, I think, fits what Paul is communicating here in Galatians. We see people of all cultures, of all ethnicities and ages, sending messages of encouragement, of love, of empowerment, carrying one another's burdens, sort of doing life together and saying, hey, I'm with you as you go through this. And it ends with this actually really beautiful little idea. Never underestimate the power of letting people know you're with them. That's carrying burdens, right? And for some reason, I really want to eat a granola bar right now. I don't know what it is. So if there's a word for us tonight, as we, as we near the end of Galatians, the thing, that's, the thing that stands out to me and has stood out to me this week, with everything that's gone on in America, it's this. Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So how do we do that? Well, here's, here's three ideas. Carrying one another's burdens requires a change of posture. Carrying one another's burdens requires a change of location. And carrying burdens requires a change of perception. So first of all, posture. I mean, the image of a burden is something that, is, that has overwhelmed somebody. Okay, they're, they're stooped by it. They're bent by it, you know, and they're doubled over by it, perhaps. So carrying a burden means getting under it with them, means changing your posture, changing your position, getting down on the ground, feeling the discomfort of the thing, and allowing the discomfort to affect you. Um, the day this week when the first news of the first shooting broke, I walked into the bedroom and the news was on and I saw kind of the video Playing. And my immediate reaction was, oh man, you know, here we go again. And I'm like, I know how this is going to end, and I know what's going to happen, and I don't know what to do about it, so I don't even want to see it. So I, wa I walked out of the room, sort of shut it, just shut it off, right? And, and maybe you did that too, and that, I think that's natural. But as I thought about it over the week, and as everything else played out, I thought, you know, 
that's probably not the right response. You know, to, shut, to shut it out and say, well, I don't know what to do about it, so I'm, I'm not going to feel about it. You know? Carrying one another's burdens means feeling, means getting under the thing and feeling the discomfort of it. And so I, as the week went on, I tried to sort of let those emotions in, as painful as they are, and feel, feel the weight of what, what we're going through as a country, what, what our society is going through, the things, that we're, the things that we're wrestling with. Carrying one another's burdens requires a change of posture. Also, a change of location. We're really adept in our society at what I like to call remote relationships, or work-from-home community, if you will. It's become very easy to maintain relationships, to keep tabs on everybody, you know, simply by doing this, right? Good, I thought it was upside down. But carrying one another's burdens requires that we change location, right? It's too easy to do things remotely now. It's too easy to send a text, okay? When somebody's sick or somebody's in the hospital, you know, do we send a text or do we shoulder the uncomfortable nature of being with them? Okay, nobody likes to go to the hospital. It smells weird. There's sick people there, you know. But do we, do we go? Do we step out? Do we go there, you know? Um, in 2014, when the, when the Ebola outbreak happened in West Africa, there were people that said, I'm going to go. People in the community said, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to help dispose of bodies. I'm going to help clean up. I'm going to be a part of this. And people outside the countries did that too. Said, I'm going to go, and I'm, I'm going to go help. Can you imagine that, ki- that kind of selflessness? Um, I've mentioned uh, a guy named Paul Ruel before. Paul was a member of the highway community, a young guy, and he was uh, part of our family for many, many years. We lost Paul a few years ago to leukemia. Uh, but I shared this story at his, at his memorial, and um, it's this. A couple years before he died, he bought a pickup truck, and he drove it to the office because he wanted to show it to us. You know? so, so I went down at the alleyway where he was parked, and there was this beautiful little white pickup truck. And you know, I said, half-jokingly, I said, Paul, you know, you're going to want to get a shell on the back of this thing so that people won't call you and ask you to help them move. You know? And he was like, very funny, Kevin. You know? but, but then he said this. He said, he said, no, part of the reason I bought this car was because I knew that people were going to want me to help them. And I like helping people. You know, for Paul, that was him. He bought this car because he wanted to help people move, you know, which is usually the last thing any of us ever want to do on a Saturday or any other time, right? But that was Paul. When uh, our family moved from our condo into an apartment, he was the first one there that morning with his little white truck, eating about six donuts, you know, playing with the kids and stuff like that. Carrying burdens means proximity. We have to go be with people. I mean, where is God calling us as Highway San Jose to be in proximity to people, even this week, for people who are hurting? Are there ways we can demonstrate simply by our presence that we stand with people, that we're sad with them, that we mourn with them? Finally, carrying one another's burdens means a change of perspective. Galatians 6.3, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Translation, you are not the bright, soft, gooey center of the universe, and neither am I. 
In the book of Romans, Paul uses this term sober judgment to talk about the lens through which we ought to perceive ourselves. And we're not great at sober judgment all the time, okay? And we can't place all the blame on social media either. But we're not the center of the universe. Christ is the center of the universe and is the center of our lives. So the flip side of that perspective is maybe this. Well, too often, you know, we make the mistake of thinking, well, I'm, I'm not needed, okay? It feels self-serving or self-righteous maybe to think that, you know, you can be of use sometimes. And that's probably how many of us felt this week. That's how I felt, you know, watching everything unfold. It's like, what can I, Kevin Marks, 44 years old, uh, driving around in a Subaru Outback, what am I, what am I gonna do about this? What can I possibly contribute? Well, Paul presents this idea of community where everybody's a part, right? So you are needed. Carrying one another's burdens is a two-way street. Help begins when the helper understands that in their empathy, in their care, that's the beginning of healing. You know, you have an offering to bring. I have an offering to bring. And it begins with believing that we're part of the process. You know, we're, we're experiencing that here at Highway San Jose. We're a baby church. We're growing and we're building in this, in this thing and we're trying to establish ourselves and figure out who we are and what we are and, and how we're gonna serve one another and serve our neighborhoods and our communities and our city here in San Jose. And it's easy to think, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not that important to this, to this effort right now. But the thing is, every single one of us is vitally important. When you show up, it's encouraging to people. It's encouraging to me. You know, when you begin caring about each other and caring for each other and knowing each other and being known by each other, like, that's community. That's the community that Paul is talking about. That's bearing burdens, carrying one another's burdens. I think it's the same if we, if we push out from there. You know, if, if you're having trouble processing what's going on this week, uh, and I am, you know, don't close down and say, I, well, I can't do anything about it, okay? I'm irrelevant, I'm not a player. Well, you are a player, okay? As, as Christ followers, we have a calling to establish the kingdom of God, you know? That's a high calling, and it's not really something that any of us are really capable of, right? But again, with the spirit, we can be capable of it. If we let ourselves be saddened and we mourn along with our brothers and sisters and our fellow citizens, you know, then, God might be able to uncover some things in us. Like here is a tangible place where the kingdom of God might be, might be seen and felt by people. Here's a step you know, we can take. And if you know, we're called to model that here in community with each other, like that's an example to the world of how we can carry one another's burdens and take that with us into the world. So we're called to carry one another's burdens. I think, that's the, I think that's the message for us tonight. So the band returns. We're gonna spend some time reflecting tonight. Uh, and we already have, but it's good for us to just sit and remind ourselves that we're a community, we're together, and that we can model this to the world. We're gonna sing a song called Come As You Are. And this is a song that reminds us that we're all welcome in the family of Christ. Again, as Colin said earlier, as Paul affirms in Galatians, you know, all people find rest within the family of Christ followers. That's a good reminder for us this week. 
as we consider how we might carry one another's burdens. Then we're going to sing an old hymn called, O Love That Will Not Let Me Go. This was a song that was written from a place of deep, deep sadness for the author. But it's a good reminder this week as we consider the promise in the song that says, More shall tearless be. Because love does indeed win out. If we believe scripture, we believe the message of Christ, and we do, we know that, right? So let's remind ourselves of that as we take a few moments in song and we take a few moments to reflect. If you'd like to take this time to pray and just to be sad and to mourn tonight, you're free to do that. Use, we have a big room here. Find a space if you want and just carve out some time to reflect and be sad tonight if that's appropriate. You might pray for the communities that are most affected by what's gone on this week. Uh, that, again, that's appropriate. It's right and good that the church gather together and pray for the world. I think that's appropriate tonight. So consider that tonight as you reflect and consider how you might carry one another's burdens, both within our community and outside of it. As we do that, let me pray. God, none of us are really equipped to be your hands and feet in the world. But God, by your spirit, uh, you might make us so. And we pray that that would be so, uh, both within the confines of our community of faith and also without it as we try to figure out how to love the world and carry uh, its burdens even as we carry each other's. And God, would you show us tonight how we might do that? In Jesus' name, amen. I try.